This is the Miller Report with Suzanne Miller on the Red Apple Podcast Network. And now, here's Suzanne Miller. Welcome to the Miller Report. I'm Suzanne Miller. The Miller Report is a weekly podcast sponsored by WABC. We talk about real estate because real estate is the single most important investment any of us can make in our lifetime, specifically New York City real estate. I love New York City because it's been so good to me. Today we have with us a prominent guest. He has been a towering figure on Wall Street, an owner of Iconic Art, a real estate investor, and an advocate for homeless citizens. He is truly a a renaissance man. Welcome, Henry Buell, to the Miller Report. Hi, Henry. Thank you for coming. Thank you for having me. So, Henry, before we talk about what everybody's listening, because the city is, we're going through so much transition right now, I do want to ask about your passion for these hands art. You didn't think that was coming. Tell me, I know in 2019, you had the coolest loft in New York, and a lot of it was your art. Where did that come from? And tell us about that. Well, I was a wedding photographer early on in my, well, from 1980 to 1992. And uh, I used to collect just a little bit of art. As I live in Soho, we had 331 galleries at the time. So I was running around and collecting art. And as a photographer, I was took an interest in it. We have a lot to cover. So um, let's move on to what you're doing now. And this the city is in turmoil right now, and I know you're doing some really good stuff, particularly with a foundation called ACE. Tell us what ACE is and what does it stand for? Well, ACE stands for the Association of Community Employment Programs for the Homeless. And what we started, I started it 31 years ago and have been working at it ever since. Mm-hmm. I gave up photography at that time. And uh, we, we basically have a school and we teach English, math, we teach uh, computer skills, we have all sorts of things, food handling, we have uh, janitorial, we have building skills, we have a whole bunch of things and we try to teach in our school to get them ready for an outside job because most of them have been, I would say, uh, they, they were drug addicts, they're Mother was a prostitute, and their father was a drug dealer, and they grew up and went to jail two or How three How many times. people would you say enroll in this a year? Well, we, we, uh, we, we have about 200 that come in a, a year, and uh, they don't all graduate because some of them go back and, and flame out on uh, drugs again. Still, that's a lot of people. Somebody told me, actually, Dale Schlather, he's the one who connected us, that ACE started because you, some, a homeless person was outside your apartment and you said, let's go to work, something like that. Can you tell us the story? Well, when we were, uh, we had our, on Green Street, our, our photography, uh, we were about 10 to 12 photographers in that office. And we would go out to lunch in the summer of 92. And during when we would, and we'd see somebody cleaning the street in front of us. We paid no attention to it. But when we came back from lunch, she was often in a doorwell sleeping. So uh, 
we didn't pay much attention to it. Then one day he came up to me and asked if he could borrow $20. I said, uh, I'm not going to give you $20. You have a job. He said, no, he just got fired. I asked what for, and he said, sleeping on the job. And uh, I said, oh, well, who hired you? And there was a man called Tony Goldman who lived across the street who was in real estate. And I went and knocked on his door and I said, Mr. Goldman, are you going to hire a new sweeper because we like the street being clean? So he said, no, he just bought four buildings in Miami and he was going to be down there for the next two years. And I said, would you mind if I got a sweeper? He said, not at all. And I asked who paid for his salary. And he had 12 stores between Princeton Spring uh, that each paid $600 a year. I said, could I go speak to them? And I did, and they all wanted to continue. But now was the problem, where was I going to find a sweeper? But my assistant at the time told me that there was an organization called the Bowery Residence Committee on Bowery. And at the time, the Bowery was a mess full of drugs and people shooting up and everything else. But I went up and talked to the ex executive director of that organization, and he spent an hour and 15 minutes. I have to interrupt you. You're telling me that as a citizen, you saw a homeless person in a doorway, and you went to the trouble of going to find out who their employer was so that you could also give them a job because they were getting $20? Well, Am I hearing this right? I, I, I Maybe. I, I don't think I gave them $20. Maybe I did give them $20, but I'm, I'm trying to take his place since he was fired. It's fantastic. That's what happened. That's fantastic. You didn't just give him the money, you made him work for it, and you said, yeah. and you tried to better his life. Yes. Okay. So how is that doing today? Are you, what are you seeing? There's so many more homeless people on the streets today. Do you, how is the company working? Who's funding it? Well, we, we relied, I started the Soho Partnership back in 1992. Then I started seven other partnerships around the NoHo Partnership, Tribeca Partnership, Hudson Square Partnership, 23rd Street Partnership, and they were all relying on uh, money from the local communities because people like their streets and areas being cleaned. And I would go around and knock on doors to get the money. And uh, everything was going very well for the first 12 years. We were growing, and, and but not growing very fast. And so we, uh, uh, we discovered, when I started it, the minimum wage was under $3. When uh, 12 years later, it was over $12. And we pay minimum wage for our mm -hmm. clients who are out sweeping, not while they're in school. So we, uh, we were discovered we were losing money. So I got together with our board and I said, you know, we have to change the way we're operating. And we have to go out and get contracts for our contracts so we can make money while we're cleaning because we're not going to uh, survive getting donations the way we're doing it. In 2010, we got our first contract of $64,425. Now today, well, at the end of last year, we had over $5 million in contracts. Congratulations. And we're growing like crazy. How did the homeless find out about you? 
Well, we go, we have to, we have to go to homeless shelters because homeless shelters, drug treatment centers, and now word of mouth is growing. To everybody listening to this, you're amazing. This is really an amazing thing that you're doing. You're, you, how, you just say five million? We have over five million, and uh, our total income, where in nine, in 2010, it was uh, just under two million dollars, a million nine hundred and something thousand dollars. This year will be over twelve million dollars. So we're we've been growing. You're talking about from funds to help these people. Yeah, we the, all the money that we make on the sweeping out on the street goes to the, our school because our main objective is to get them off the streets and educate them the and give them jobs and careers, which is the best thing you could do for a homeless citizen. Uh, what about the increase in migrants? Has this been tougher on the homeless people? Well, uh, not yet, but I feel it's going to. You know, I mean, if they give them the right to work, it's going to be a, a real bitch. Of a, to compete. Know, He's saying the competition. The competition, yeah. That's exactly. So, uh, but, you know, they haven't get gotten the right to work yet, but it looks like any day they're going to get it right now. Yes. And has the politics been an issue for this? Well, politics isn't an issue for me, but uh, it's going to get difficult. I, you know, I mean, I'm, I, I don't think they should. I think we should have declared that we were a non-sanctuary city, and uh, not taken all these people. And still, they're coming in every day. It's a, it's going to be a terrible mess. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation? where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission. At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. It seems like maybe you have to open up a school for the migrants. <laughs> I don't think so. Yeah, but I, I appreciate what I, you've I wanna, done. I want to do it for Americans first. I thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Let's move on to real estate because this is the Miller Report. It is a real estate show. And your experience and your background is going to be so important and valuable to people that are listening to this. How are you seeing the real estate right, right now versus three years ago? Well, I, I'm not a real estate expert, but obviously I think it's gone down and the rentals have gone way up and it's becoming very difficult for new people to come in here mm -hmm. and get a job and uh, rent an apartment or even buy an apartment. It's uh, very difficult these days. And uh, I don't see anything good happening right now myself, but... Do you think that crime is staring away investors? Definitely. I, I would think crime. We just heard, read yesterday that uh, Target just closed uh, in, in Brooklyn and because of stealing and all that in uh, the Bronx. And they closed uh, nine other stores around America because of crime. So I think it's going to, and it hurts the poor people up there because Target is a very low-priced uh, uh, operator, and that's uh, going to hurt them. So we're talking to a man that actually helps homeless citizens that is see that sees both sides, self-made, affluent, 
helping others and you see that our city is in bad shape because of crime, tell me about if you were investing in real estate right now, would you invest in New York? Because some people want to buy when the market is low. This could be a great opportunity for people. I can't predict what's going to happen, but I wouldn't. You would not? No, I would not right now. I, I think it's going to get worse before it gets better. That's why I might wait till, you know, for a while before I put down a lot of money to buy what? What are you going to buy? Uh, some of these uh, office buildings along Park Avenue that are old and decrepit now compared to the new ones going up? I, maybe. And then it's very expensive to take them down and put up a new one, and uh, I wouldn't be in my backyard, but that <laughs> that's a... What about the Hamptons? You think this is going to trickle down to the Hamptons if New York is having issues? I, I, I don't think so. I think the Hamptons are going to uh, be steady. They may not go up as much as they've uh, but they should be steady. People, people like it there. There's a lot of, lot of activity. So in your experience, what do you think needs to change to help us along? Because, you know, I personally believe that if New York City fails, we've got some issues. New York City is still the finest capital of the world. It's where everybody wants to be. We all, my parents, all of us, we're mostly immigrants, and we want it to work. So what do you think needs to happen to fix this city? Well, I think there has to be a change of government first. And they have to have a different opinion and a different direction to go in. And one, the first one is to stop all the illegal immigrants that are coming here and declare New York City a non-sanctuary city. So uh, that would be the first thing because otherwise it's that factor alone because, as you know, they get free lodging. They get three free three meals a day. They get money, and now they're educating the children, putting them in our high schools right now, which they need to have special teachers to teach them English. It's going to be a terrible mess what's going to happen. And already our high schools are one of the lowest in the whole world, not country. So it, a lot has to change, a big big, complete turnover before we get going again. Coming from a man that's helping the citizens that need help. Well, Henry, if you had a crystal ball and you had to invest in New York, is there any place you would invest? Well, I, I would try to invest, um, I, I, it, it, you know, at some time in, in apartments or something like that and in, uh, uh, probably, but... Uh, but not right now. Not right now. That's correct. I hear you, and I know I'm pressing you, but I'm trying to be positive because we want our city to be fantastic. And thank you for what you do. I really appreciate you coming down here and what you do for 200 citizens, yeah, you say? Yeah, well, a year. But and we, we really take care of more because we have uh, people who, uh, once they get a job, we ask each of our, our uh, clients who have now graduated to bring back their pay stub. And if they do... We give them $50 cash, and we ask them, how do you like your job? How do you get along with your supervisor? Do you want to change jobs? Do you want to take some more classes and change the, 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 um, the work you're doing? 
And so it's a big job, that, because there more and more of them, they come, they don't like their job. Very often it's their first job that they've ever had. And uh, so it takes a lot of hand-holding to get them to the right place that if the first job doesn't work out the way I they... I think it's just incredible. Where is Where are the schools? It's in uh, Queens on Northern Boulevard. We have... Uh, we're trying to double the number of classrooms and people we take care of right now. And I'm just putting together a, uh, a pers- nonprofit prospectus and, uh, that isn't quite finished yet. But it, it will, uh, we're trying to raise an extra $5 million so we can take an extra uh, about 8,000 square feet for classrooms and and offices for the teachers and all that. So we're just doing that. We need many more companies like yours to do this. Can you just tell me, last question, how many of these people that enrolled would you say you have saved and are actually working? What percentage? Oh, I think about uh, over 3,000, about 3,500. 200 people a year, about 3,500 people. This man is put to work that were on the streets, started out with street cleaners and You are amazing, and thank you so much for coming on the Miller Report. This is the graph of the growth that the ACE has done after the last 11 years. We're now at 9,266,000 funding a year to help these people back in jobs, and you really are giving back, and thank you from my heart. Thank you. Thank you for coming on the Miller Report. All right. Dear listeners, thank you for coming on my podcast. If you like what you're listening to, please download, subscribe, and share. Thank you so much. Bye. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.